So welcome to our second talk. In our first talk, I spoke about the why. Why the devotion to the Sacred Heart? And I said it's so opportune for us at this Sacred Heart when we are overwhelmed and burdened and stressed out and have anxiety because Jesus is meek and humble of heart and invites us to come to him. So how do we celebrate this devotion to the Sacred Heart? Let us begin by, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us call once again on the Holy Spirit. Come, O Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful people. Enkindle in us the fire of your divine love. Lord, send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Whenever we have a devotion to a person, a devotion to a cause, then whatever that person's purpose in life, that person's cause in life, we make it our own. We make it our own purpose. We make it our own cause. So what is the purpose and the cause? What is something that is dear to the sacred heart of Jesus? We will know that in three different ways. One, by watching the people that he deals with. Who does he seek out to? Where does he find himself comfortable? Who are the people that are opposing all the causes and the purpose of his sacred heart? The second is to listen very carefully to where he puts his importance. What did he speak most often about? What are the things that stand out in what he was speaking? And finally, we can ask ourselves, did he actually tell us what the purpose of his life, the purpose that was dear to his heart? And he did. So let us start at a very early age. At the age of 12, Jesus is found in the temple. His mother and his father have gone a day's journey, having left Jerusalem, to realize that Jesus is lost. And so they hurry back another day's journey, and on the third day they find him. And the first thing they said is, Son, why did you do this to us? Your father and I have been worried. And Jesus gives that enigmatic answer. He does not say he's sorry. He does not say, Oh my gosh, I did not realize it. But he gives an enigmatic answer. Why did you have to seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And so this is what is dear to the sacred heart, to be about his father's business. And he has taught us that in that wonderful prayer that you and I say every day. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we watch the people that Jesus deals with, where he finds himself most comfortable, the people that he seeks out. He seeks out the tax collectors and the sinners, the outcasts in society. And when people complain, you know, why are you sitting with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus said, I have come to call the sinners to healing, to the kingdom of God. 
I haven't come for those who consider themselves saints and who don't need a savior, a shepherd, a messiah. He is with the Samaritans and the outcasts, the people that they keep far from them. The Samaritans were not even considered to be Jews, and Jesus engages in a woman at the Jacob's well in Samaria. And Jesus is not apologetic about this at all. He would tell his apostles, I have food that you don't even know about. And then as he goes along his journey, he sees a widow whose only son has died. And he realized the plight of a woman without a husband, without a father, without a brother, without somebody who is male who can advocate her cause. And Jesus brings this child back to life. Where else is Jesus? He's with the lepers. He's with the people who are bruised and hurting and wounded, just like you and I on a journey. But we need to ask him, if you want to, you can heal us. And Jesus will say, yes, I do. And that is the beauty of the Sacred Heart. The, the devotion to the Sacred Heart is to take on the cause and the purpose that was dear to Jesus. So where did this devotion actually start? It started with St. Mary Margaret Alacoque who was a visitation nun. But we need to backtrack a little. In 1567, there was a young baby boy. He turned out to grow into St. Francis de Sales, who wrote beautiful articles and who practiced the love of God. And he said those beautiful words, words speak to the ear, but the heart speaks to the heart. And that is the keynote of our devotion to the Sacred Heart, where our heart speaks to Jesus and Jesus' heart speaks to us and we are open to listen to him. Now, St. Francis de Sales, together with St. Jane Frances Chantal, started the Order of Visitation Nuns in France. And at Paris Le Monial, there was a group of visitation nuns, and among them was Saint Margaret Mary. And she received several visions of the Sacred Heart, and each time the Sacred Heart said to her, you have to start a devotion to the Sacred Heart by making reparations for the sins of the world, by keeping the first Thursday of the month in honor of the Friday on which the Son of Man died on the cross. And so it is from here that Saint Margaret Mary decided to dedicate her life to the promotion of the devotion to the Sacred Heart. But were these visions actually genuine? She had them tested with a spiritual father, who was the Jesuit father, Saint Claude de la Colombière. And as a result, the Jesuits have taken on this devotion, this apostolate of the devotion to the Sacred Heart as something very dear to the Jesuits. So, what does the devotion to the Sacred Heart mean? We have to consider the humanity of Jesus. 
Now, the problem is that most of us are very comfortable with the divinity of Jesus. Jesus walking on the water, Jesus multiplying the loaves and fish, Jesus being transfigured on the mountain, <coughs> Jesus hearing the words from the Father saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. We are a little cherry about the, the humanity of Jesus Christ because the humanity of Jesus Christ reflects to us the limitations of a human being. Jesus was a man for others in his humanity. He was always there for other people, no matter how tired he was. And we notice when the children were brought to Jesus and he was exhausted and, and uh, the apostles wanted to take the children away because they were worried about Jesus' tiredness, he says, suffer the little children to come to me. He always had time for others. He was a man for all season, summer or winter, autumn or, or fall, he was there. Autumn or spring, he was there for others with the same openness of heart, with the same mercy, with the same compassion. And he was a man that could show us how a human being could love as God would love. He was a man who showed us how a person could act like the way God acted. And so, although this devotion to the Sacred Heart is not a liturgical service like baptism or confirmation or the Eucharist with a structure, we do have a very solemn liturgical mass on the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And it is, the devotion involves something that you and I can make up as we go along. It always involves a certain amount of curiosity just like Moses was curious when he saw the bush burning on fire and was not consumed. And he said, I must go and check this out. And so you and I go to check out the cause, the purpose of the sacred heart of Jesus. And Jesus tells us the same thing that God said to Moses, take off your shoes for the ground you are standing on is holy ground indeed. And this is the devotion to the Sacred Heart. It's a realization that it is something very sacred. And Jesus showed himself as being a person for others in the very thing that he does. He was there to serve, not to be served. And he showed it in that intimate act of washing the feet. Washing the feet was an act of service. It did not matter whether it was the feet of male or female, of Jew or Gentile, of old or young, or rich or poor. It was simply the feet that were the most dirty part of the human body because it touched the ground and it needed constant washing, wiping, a needed service. And so also we, as we journey on our life, we're constantly being battered and bruised and therefore we need to be washed, to be healed. And you and I can do it for one another. As Jesus said, you call me Lord and Master and you are right. But if I, the Lord and Master, have served others, have washed the feet of others, you go and do likewise. So Jesus 
the Sacred Heart of Jesus gives us the details how to celebrate this great devotion to the Sacred Heart. It is one of service, one of compassion, not of judgment. And we see that in Pope Francis. Who am I to judge? I am a sinner just like one of you. Pray for me as I pray for you. There's a constant interchange between us and the people that we serve and the people that serves us. And so because of this devotion, we can get rid of the skin of triviality, of being just on the surface, of looking out for gimmicks. It makes us look deeply into the roots of our commitment to the Sacred Heart and to the issues that were dear to the Sacred Heart to the persons that were dear to the Sacred Heart, to the events that were burning in the Sacred Heart. Well, we can do it because the Holy Spirit has come down upon us to enlighten us, to help us to understand this great devotion. And finally, this devotion does not stand by itself. It is intimately linked with two other devotions. One is the devotion to the Eucharist, and the second is the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. When I speak about the devotion to the Eucharist, it is not only spending hours before the Blessed Sacrament, making reparation for our sins and the sins of the whole world. It includes that, but it is not mainly that. It is mainly having a deep faith in the bread of life and in the cup of eternal salvation of having a deep faith that Jesus is truly present there in order to nourish us for our journey. You realize that in the early church, there was no blessed sacrament in the tabernacle. For several centuries, there, were not, there was not the devotion, there was not the blessed sacrament preserved in the tabernacle. At the end of Mass, all the sacred species were consumed the only ones that were preserved were those that were, had to be taken to the sick who could not physically be present. But today we have Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And after receiving Jesus at the Eucharist, we can spend time before the Blessed Sacrament praying for our sins and the sins of the whole world, uniting them to the passion, death and resurrection of Jesus. The second devotion that is intimately connected to the devotion to the Sacred Heart is the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. From the time he was born, Jesus was so close to the very heart of Mary. She could feel his heart. She could know his, the, the, the deepest causes and purposes of his heart even before he was born. It was a heart speaking to a heart. And therefore the devotion to the Sacred Heart is connected so deeply with the devotion, devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. She was the one who was told when Jesus was presented into the temple, your own soul, a sword will pierce. And it, and it was piercing her several times during the entire life of Jesus because she had to ponder on the things that Jesus did, on the things that Jesus said, and on times when she could not really understand the whole detail of the life of Jesus. She also had to grow like you and I have to grow 
in the understanding and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. As St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians, to know the length and the breadth and the height and the depth of Jesus Christ, this surpasses all understanding, and the person who knew it best was the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And so the devotion to the Sacred Heart opens to us who God is and how God acts in our midst. You and I can celebrate it in several very practical ways by doing the devotion of the nine First Fridays, of attending Mass, receiving Communion, and praying for the intentions of the Holy Father, of spending some time on Thursday evening as Jesus told Mary Margaret. Spend some time in preparation of the day on which he suffered and died for us on the cross. And most especially, by attending those beautiful sacraments of reconciliation, where we who are wounded, bruised, and hurt are reconciled and healed. And the food of life, the cup of eternal salvation, and the bread that was blessed, broken, and given to people for their salvation and the salvation of the whole world. God bless you all.